Today on Hardwired. All God wanted them to do was two things, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Has it ever occurred to you that most of the trials you ever go through require those two things and that's it, trust and obey. If you'll just trust me and obey me, you'll come through this. Welcome to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wicklire, founder and senior pastor of Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're looking for some words of hope, encouragement, solid biblical truth, and maybe even a laugh or two, well, that's exactly what Pastor Jeff wants to share with you today. We know life can get pretty busy and complicated at times, so we're truly grateful you've chosen to take a break and listen to the program. Now, if you're not able to hang out with us for the entire program, you can always check it out at our website, hardwired.org. In fact, you can find all the programs right there waiting just for you, hardwired.org. But right now, here's Pastor Jeff to tell us more about today's program on Hardwired. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, the last few times together, we've been talking about change. We find that the minute we come to Christ, all the way to the time we go to heaven, we are in change. We're changed when we're saved, and we are made into the likeness of Him day by day, faith to faith, glory to glory. God is always leading us into more change. But it's very important that once we reach a certain level, once we reach a certain place in Christ, we know how to keep the change, not to lose ground, not to give up what we have attained. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, keeping the change. I believe that God is changing you as I know he's changing me, and we never want to go backward. We want to go forward. So let's jump right into today's message and look at how once you've changed, you keep the change. We're talking about change. I've been talking about change or croak. And that's been the name of the series. And I believe that statement. I believe change or croak. God requires change and God brings change. Now I wanna read to you, we're gonna dive into the middle of the people who are in the wilderness experience. And they're being spoiled brats. They're playing their violin and they're forgetting a lot of what God has done. Now it says in verse four, Numbers 11, now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. Isn't that an interesting phrase? They yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again, this wasn't the first time, and said, who will give us meat to eat? And now they pull out their violins and they start playing. Ooh, a sad song. And look how it begins. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. I'll tell you, those folks had bad breath. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just couldn't help that. But now, now look at this. Here they go playing again. But now, <laughs> our whole being is dried up. There's nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. <laughs> now, 1 Timothy 6.6 6 says this. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. 
Now, I want you to notice the power of contentment. I want you to say the word contentment with me, would you? Contentment. He says, godliness with contentment is huge gain. And contentment is what they did not have. Father, we thank you for your blessing today. Speak to us about change, for we as a church are headed to change. We are in change. Positive change, good change, forward movement. And we thank you for it. Help us, Lord, to embrace it. In Christ's name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, keep the change. And that's what I'm gonna talk about today. I wanna talk about keep the change. Keep the change. God is a God of change. Now, God does not change, but God brings change to his people. The one unchanging thing in all the universe is God. God never changes. The same God that was carrying them across the wilderness is the same God who was here with us today and the same God that lives in you. And he does not ever change. James said he is without shadow of turning. He does not change. His word never changes. He never revises his word to meet the needs or the um, requests of a culture or a society or a person. His word remains the same because he remains the same. But he brings change to you and me. And we've got to learn to flow and to flex and to go with change. And if we don't, we'll croak. If we don't, we will fossilize. We will miss God. I can tell you there's churches all over the United States and all over the world that are filled with uh, people who are fossils. Their spiritual life has fossilized. They're not moving on because they've never embraced change. Now, we've been talking about the challenge of change and flowing with change. You gotta flex and flow with God. But today I wanna talk to you about keeping the change. Keep the change. Can you say with me, keep the change? Well, that was, that was powerful. <laughs> let's, try, let's try, that was underwhelming. Let's try it again, keep the change. Turn to, your, turn to your neighbor and preach a little bit and say, keep the change. Because when God brings change, then we've got to keep the change. Keep the change. Now, change is inevitable and change is non-negotiable. You can't get away from change. You can change or you will stagnate and you will fossilize. That's a fact. Change is the wake-up call. It's the alarm bell to new horizons and a fresh spiritual growth that God wants to bring. When God is gonna do a new thing, he brings change. He brings change. And he'll rattle your cage and he'll rustle your nest. And he'll make you restless on the inside and you won't know why. And he'll prep you and prepare you for change. Now, the Bible is full of examples of this. Isaiah the prophet said, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Now here is God speaking through Isaiah the prophet. He says, I'm doing a new thing. And that new thing is gonna require change. Now, who was he talking to? Well, he was talking to the children of Israel who were on the tail end of 70 years of captivity. You remember the children of Israel were carried captive into Babylonian captivity. They lost their hometown, their city, Jerusalem, they lost their homeland. They lost their blessing. They lost their destiny. They lost the place that God had given them because they had resisted God and sinned and refused to repent. 
And so God finally said through Jeremiah, you're going to go into captivity. And you can read the book of Lamentations as Jeremiah is standing in the doorway watching the people of Israel walk by, chained, emaciated, weeping, filled with regret, filled with sorrow, filled with, oh, if only I had this, and if only I'd done that, if only I had listened to God, but now it's too late. I'm being carried off into captivity. And they were carried in shackles and watched their homeland pass before their eyes, carried to a strange place, to a strange people, to a strange language. The psalmist gives us a little glimpse of their sorrow when he talks about them being at a river and their captors came and said to them, sing us one of the songs of Israel. And they said, we have already hung our harps on the willow trees. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? They were filled with regret, filled with, oh, if only I'd listened to God. I don't know if you know what that feeling is like, but it's a terrible feeling. Oh, if only I'd listened to God. And when they were being taken captive, Jeremiah the prophet gave them one of my favorite verses, Jeremiah 29, 11. And even though they were being carried off in chains, carried off for their sin, it was a day of shame, a day of humiliation, a day of regret. Even though this was the blackest day in Israel's history, Jeremiah looked at them and said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future and to give you a hope. Even in their darkest hour, in their midnight, in the midnight of their experience with God. God had a word for a second chance. I know the thoughts I'm thinking towards you. I haven't written you off. I haven't cast you aside. This is only for a moment. I'm going to regather you. I'm going to pour out my love on you again. This is a chastening. Your failure is not final. I'm going to bring you back and give you another chance. I'm thinking good about you. I still want to give you a future. I still want to give you a hope. And I thank God for that verse, for it's the same with us. No matter what you've done, where you've gone, what you've said, what your regrets are, the mistakes you've made, God still says, I know the thoughts I'm thinking towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future and to give you a hope. That's good news. So they're carried off into captivity. 70 years, they sit there in Babylon. And after 70 years, when it's coming to a close, Isaiah the prophet writes them, speaks to them, gives them the word of the Lord and says, listen, behold, I'm about to do a new thing and I'm gonna bring you back to your land. I'm about to set you free. I'm gonna move on somebody named Cyrus. I'm gonna to touch his heart and he is going to let you go. The king of Persia is gonna let you go and you're gonna come home and rebuild your city. I'm about to give you back your destiny. I'm about to give you back your calling. I'm about to return you to the place that I first planted you. Deliverance was in the air. Change was coming. They were about to be set free. And God wanted them to rise to the occasion. And here's what it was going to require. Change. They were going to have to embrace change. History tells us that thousands of them did rise to the occasion. Thousands of them did return back to Jerusalem. They did go back to their homeland. They rebuilt the wall in 52 days. They rebuilt the temple. They rebuilt the city. They returned to their destiny and to their calling. They kept the change. Having returned to Jerusalem, they weren't always trying to go back to Babylon. They kept the change, embraced the changes God was bringing. 
came back from captivity. But history also tells us an amazing thing. Many thousands more stayed in the land of their captivity. They could have gone. All they had to do was get up and change and move. But they didn't do it. One Bible commentator tells us that 10 of the 12 tribes never returned. 10 of 12, including some from Judah and Benjamin, who did return. They refused to change. You know what they did? They did what you and me do. They settled for a level of misery rather than change. They settled for a level of misery rather than change. They didn't want to change. They didn't want to pick up and move. They wouldn't embrace the new thing that God was leading them to. And refusing to change, they missed God's best. Pastor Jeff will be back in a moment, but first I want to share a couple of thoughts with you. Now, you may not be able to stay with us for the entire program, but don't worry. You can find the program at our website, hardwired.org, along with all of the programs from Pastor Jeff. Also, we regularly get emails and calls from listeners just like you who tell us how much the program means to them. But we would love to hear from you too. So let me encourage you to connect with us by calling 877-884-3111 or through the website, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. Or call 877-884-3111. And now let's get back to Pastor Jeff with the rest of today's program. You know, I believe you can miss God's best. I believe you can. And one of the things that keeps you from missing God's best is the refusal to flex and flow and go with God. Because God can lead you into a change. When Kathy and I were seeking God years and years ago, before I ever seen your pastored, we were seeking God about what his plan for us was. And I thought I was gonna go into full-time evangelism. I was convinced of it. I sent out my cards with all of my endorsements all over the United States of America, and not one reply ever came. <laughs> you know, when God shuts the door, he shuts that door. <laughs> and I had endorsements from some pretty big guns and nobody was interested. I was ready to go. And I, we used to look up at God and say, hey, whole world's going to hell in a handcart. And here I am, I'm ready to preach. And I ended up going out into the woods and just preaching to the woods and preaching to the squirrels. A lot of squirrels got saved because I had nowhere to preach. And it was boiling up in me. I wanted to preach so bad and nobody wanted to hear me. And all of a sudden we get this invitation from this far off place called East Texas. Another land, another language. (laughs) And to our shock, We went and did a little Bible study there and we ministered one Sunday morning and the people, there was just a little handful of people called us later that week and said, Jeff, we hear the shepherd's voice in you. Would you consider starting a church here? Well, I I said what all of us say, sure, I'll pray about it. But inside I was saying, ain't no way. We're city people. There is no mall there. There's no stores there. There's a dairy queen. And so I knew, I just knew, God's not gonna take a city boy like me and a city girl like Kathy and tell us to go into the country. He'll send somebody country down there. But we made the mistake of praying about it. And God said, I want you to go. I rebuked it, I bound it, I loosed it, I refused to listen to it. And God said, I want you to go. And so it took a year for God to convince us. We kept going down there and leading them. But we thought, we'll lead them in this Bible study and get it uh, built to a certain level. Then we'll just turn it over to, to a country preacher. But God told me 
alone in prayer to go. Now, this required major change. You understand? Change. It wasn't an atom of my being that was country. I was raised in a cement jungle. Every tree was sacred. By the time I'd been in East Texas seven years, I had a chainsaw. <laughs> Get this tree out of my way. Everything changed. But here's the deal. We had to embrace this, this incredible change that God was bringing. It meant leaving the church that we were so acclimated to. It meant leaving so many people we knew and loved. It meant striking off into total unknown territory. Driving down there, Kathy used to cry. <laughs> and I, I say, Kathy, what am I going to do? God has told us, oh, I don't receive it. She's pregnant. One day she said, let me out of the car. I said, Kathy, we're in the middle of cow pastures. Where are you going to go? Just let me out. I let her out, drove about 10 yards, looked back. She's just kind of standing there. So I rolled back and said, you ready to get in? She, said, yeah. she gets in. <laughs> Finally, we said, yeah, okay, Lord, we'll go. I mean, it was like, we'll go to Mars. That's the way it felt. We'll go to Mars. We'll go to the moon. And we went and everything changed. We were in the country, but we fell in love with those people. And before I knew it, I'm turning country. We built a house on four acres where the deer and the antelope really did play. I mean, we had a, a four acres where the best deer stand in East Texas used to be. And we got there, and, and uh, here was this tree that was known for being the best deer stand in that area. It was on our land. One day I was eating a sandwich in my chair at lunchtime. Kathy said, turn around. I turned around, and here was a big buck staring at me through the window. If I'd been a deer hunter, I'd still be living there. I would never have come to the city because they really would walk up there. We had a little house on the prairie. And we acclimated and we changed. And here's what I learned. I learned that when you flex and you flow with God, see, I'd, I'd have never learned how to senior pastor. I'd have never learned what I know now. This was God's step up. It looked like a step, not down in the sense that, that we were above these people, but it was unknown to us. It was unfamiliar, but we did it. And I found that doors open when you flow and you flex and you change with God. After seven years, he told us to come back to the city and I didn't want to do that. It took him a year to get me to do that. Because I liked my little house on the prairie. I liked no rush hour traffic. I liked no rush hour traffic. And one of the real appeals was there was no rush hour traffic. I mean, none. Every once in a while, you'd pass a pickup and they'd always wave. And so we moved back and we had to change again. But I'm telling you, God will lead you to change. Everybody with me today? But these people refused to change. They refused to change, so they missed God's best. And the Israel of the wilderness did the same thing. The Israel of the wilderness did the same thing. Having cried out for deliverance, they resisted the changes their deliverance required because deliverance always requires change. I said it last week, and I'm gonna say it again today. If you say that you're saved and you know Jesus and you have not changed, you are not saved. So Pastor Jeff, that's kind of judgmental. No, no, it's not either. It's what the Bible says. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. 
That doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means you have undergone change. To meet Jesus is to undergo change. So when people meet you, who you haven't seen in a while, they wind up saying things like, wow, you're not the person I used to know. No, because I've met Jesus and he changed me. I'm not perfect, but I'm not where I used to be. He's changed me. You can't meet God and not change. You can't come into his presence and not change. The Israel of the wilderness did the same thing they did when they should have left Babylon and returned. They refused to change. They griped and they complained about everything. We read it, but let me read it again. We remember the fish, which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. What they're really saying is Egypt was better than this. And that was absurd. When Moses was called to deliver them, God described their condition to Moses. Here's what he said. I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry due to their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Listen to the words, oppression, crying, sorrows, slave masters, and they missed that? Have you ever noticed you can be in living hell and get out of it and three years later look back and say, those were the days. Have you ever noticed that about human nature? Oh, I remember in those days, but in those days you were praying that God would change them. But their complaint was absurd. Oppression, crying, sorrows, oh, no, no, no. Their prayer brought deliverance, but deliverance required change. They loved the deliverance, but resented and resisted the change. What was the result? Listen to what the result was. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme, the men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. All God wanted them to do was two things, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey Has it ever occurred to you that most of the trials you ever go through require those two things and that's it, trust and obey. If you'll just trust me and obey me, you'll come through this. Most of God's teachings to us are to teach us to trust and obey. Every trial requires that you trust and obey. But in the midst of change, they wouldn't do either. They didn't trust and they didn't obey. They transitioned from Pharaoh to Moses, from slavery to freedom, from Egyptian food to manna, from the land of Egypt to the land of the wilderness, the rule of a dictator to the guidance of God, but they never embraced the change. They never kept the change. They never owned the change. God got them out of Egypt, but he never got Egypt out of them. And so because of that, they died in the wilderness and they missed God's highest. Now, how do you embrace change? Because we're in change, and a lot of you are in change in your personal lives. How do you keep the change? How do you keep it? How do you own it? How do you learn it, love it, and live it? And how how do you get the most out of it so that it doesn't work against you, but it works for you like it has with me and Kathy so many times in our walk with God? I'm gonna tell you some simple things about flowing and keeping the change. Are you ready? You gotta trust God with change. Now, isn't that elementary, dear Watson, And yet, I don't know about you, but I still have trouble sometimes trusting God. 
How's that for honesty from a preacher? I wish I could tell you I trust him perfectly all the time, but I have my moments. Not where I really doubt him, but my stomach gets tight and I feel like, oh, he better come through. Oh, I hope he comes through. Have you ever noticed we trust the pizza delivery man more than we do God? <laughs> you call up that place as a Domino's, we'll have it there in how long or you get it free. And when you order that pizza, you have no problem. You get your table ready. You get all the dogs put up so they don't attack the guy when he comes to the door. You know the pizza delivery guy is coming. Why? Because he said he would. And you know their reputation rides on them getting you your pizza. Thanks for listening today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. To get a copy of today's message, give us a call at 877-884-3111. Or you can pick it up at our website, hardwired.org. That's 877-884-3111 or the website, hardwired.org. While you're there at the website, you'll find today's message along with all the messages from Pastor Jeff. We know they've been an encouragement to you, so be sure to forward them on to a friend who you think needs to hear today's message or any of the messages there at the website. It might be the very thing they need to be encouraged as well. Again, the website is hardwired.org or call us at 877-884-3111. If you haven't been to the website lately, jump on over there and take a look at all we have for you. One last thing, Your partnership with this program through your generous giving is always needed and very appreciated. We know Hardwired is making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. Please take a minute to send your best gift through our website, hardwired.org, or by calling 877-884-3111. Thanks so much for your heart of generosity. We truly do appreciate it. Be sure to join us next time right here on Hardwired.